0: Hey folks, you want to make some money making picks on MLB games Then all you have to do is head over to Underdog Fantasy. It's the easiest place to play fantasy sports. In Underdog's Pick'em game, you just pick your favorite baseball players and predict whether they will go higher or lower on stats like strikeouts, hits, and more. You pick two to five plays, you get all your picks right, and you can win up to twenty times your money in a single night. Be sure to sign up with my promo code pull hitter and underdog will double your first deposit up to a hundred bucks. So you have some bonus cash to start playing with. Again, that's underdogfantasy.com or underdog fantasy in the app store. Sign up with pull hitter at the promo code and get your first deposit doubled up to a hundred bucks. Hey folks, it's Robbie D, the Dead Pull Hitter. Just a quick note before we get into the show, Just to remind everyone, if they want to come check out the Pull Hitter Patreon. Over at Patreon.com, just put in, pull hitter in the search bar, or just go into my Twitter page, it's the pinned tweet, and you can, it'll take you right there. The entry tier, the $5 tier, is available for one week, for free, if you want to come check it out, and kind of hop into the Discord, see the family that we have going on there, the growing community that we have, the constant chats about everything fantasy, and everything baseball related, is is pretty Pretty fascinating. It's a big, valuable tool. It's part of the Patreon, and um, you know you'll get uh, at least five to seven pods per week for me at, at that tier, including the Launch Angle podcast that are behind the paywall is at pull here to Patreon. So if you want to come check it out, just a reminder to come to uh, come check out and do that. And hope you enjoyed the show. It's uh, something new that me and Randy just trying we're just trying to look back at fantasy weeks and see what brought. Teams up to a good level, what hitters and pitchers provided in that week if they really back the surge of a top 25 overall team for a week, not for the overall year, but trying to look back in snapshots of time and see what kind of weeks and stats bring us to specific landings and the overall standings. So um, just a quick show. For the pull hitter pod standards something we even wanted to do shorter and we probably will next time but provide any feedback tell us if if it was anything worthwhile to listen to in terms of um you know playing in the overall online championships over at the nfpc which has 2460 teams and yeah hope everyone enjoyed it and enjoyed uh, enjoy your day all righty, folks, welcome back to the Poor Hitter Podcast. I'm Rob D., the dead poor hitter. I'm here with Randy Haynes again. We're going to go through a little something different today. We're going to try something out, see how everyone likes it, see how we like it. But we're going to just do a rundown of the NFBC Online Championship, kind of a, a week that was, per se, the week in fantasy um, online championship baseball, and just kind of look at some stats that maybe stood out. They carried teams and things like that. Anything that we can possibly uh, look on a week week basis but randy what's going on man how are you doing today and um trying something new here let's see what happens
1: yeah we'll see how it goes uh hopefully hopefully people like it let us know how it how it turns out for them, if it's useful or not or if you enjoy it but uh it's been you know been a little bit of a tough day trying to survive uh joe ryan and zach gallon torturing my ratios but you know still mm-hmm. still hanging still hanging strong At least it didn't have any much marcus stroman
0: yeah, yeah, he's he's having some disaster starts right now. Um so what give us an update of your teams right now in the online championship, where you stand, um, how you look in. What's the outlook here?
1: I got one that's that's good. It's uh thirty thirty-four currently at the second. Um I have one that is another one that is not. Uh 34 is it's really been dying here the last, <laughs> the last like week or so, uh down in the five hundreds. Um and it was in the two hundreds not that long ago, so that's not ideal. I will. Uh, we're we'll, we're going to talk about the top performing teams. If we did like the reverse of this, I'm pretty sure that team would be in the bottom 25 or 30 teams. Uh-huh. I, had, <laughs> I had zero zero pitching wins last week and I, I topped it off by having zero pitching wins on my bench uh, with with healthy guys on the bench, too. I had 12 total healthy starters get zero wins combined. So at least I got that going for me. That is not a good week. Absolutely not. That <laughs> is not a good
0: week. <laughs> oh man! Wow, that's brutal. it's third.
1: It's third in the league itself, so it's got a chance to catch in the league. But uh, there's no chance of that team. In the overall, it's dead. But I got one, like I said, I got one that's hanging strong. Just got a little Kevin Ginkle this week. Got a save from that. So I see that. I can, yeah, hopefully that I see that. You got shoot
0: about fifty-four percent of the category points and saves. Mm-hmm. And 48% Homer. So those are your two bugaboos yeah. right now, right? Okay. But that's
1: what I've been mainly mainly trying mainly to stream fab wise. Okay. Ginkle and Lawrence last couple weeks. Uh Tristan Casas, although I didn't start him tonight for that bomb, but it was a two-homer week. I can't, or a two-game, you know, period for him. I can't can't hate myself for that too much. You know, streaming some Casas. uh, you know, streaming Moniac, Jack Peterson. Got uh, I'm a little excited. I got Mike Trout. Um, it was one of the handful of OCs that he was dropped in stashed him for 15 bucks. Uh, kinda of, not going to lie, Rob. I'm kind of, kind of excited about that sitting in the thirties, get my trout for like six weeks,
0: you know, see what happens. Do you know what? In a, in the NFPC style, that's not trading. It's the closest feeling to get from mm-hmm. a, in the NFPC from a, um, yeah. a home league trade. So it's like, I'm going to drive my trout and, and you don't have them. And, um, you, know, you scoop them up. And you're like, oh, it's almost like yeah. a nice little deal there for yourself. Um, yeah, I, so,
1: I hope I can hold hope I can hold off with it. You know, stay up there, get Mike Trout for last last month or so, and and go from there. It what was you interesting. What's with Fab. What I have Fab? one. Da, 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 da. I mean, I, I have enough. I definitely have enough to to do some yeah. damage with, especially in an okay. OC, because you're always going to have teams drop off. One forty nine, more um, okay. than that. So I can definitely mix. I can definitely. Uh, Mix some things up there. Get some saves. Like I said, um, getting Lawrence and Ginkle in the last two, the last two fab runs each. So, right
0: and yeah. being so good with I uh, got ninety three percent points in K. So mm-hmm. you can um, ha- what what's your what's your split right now from starter to reliever? You, you have a six. It's been
1: it's been seven to two basically all year. Only because I only had. You know, some some weeks I barely had a second one. I've had Bautista all year, but I've been cycling through the Schafins, had Hunter Harvey for a little bit. Um, but right now I this week I rolled six to three. And I know that I've built that pretty good base in case that I can try that with Ginkle and Lawrence. I'd like it to be somebody with a little better. I'm still stashing right. Liam Hend- I'm still stashing Liam Hendricks, but honestly, I'm thinking once the trade deadline comes, if there's no news on him and Ginkle and Lawrence still look like they have jobs, he might just he might just be a cut. I might just cut him and look use that spot to try to stream some more power in but we'll see see yeah. where things go this this is definitely the first year or the first week all year that i've rolled six to three or six and three
0: and you're probably at some point going to uh advance that up a little bit even if it's just some mm-hmm. spare uh you know ancillary close type yeah. players that on 12 teamers you normally wouldn't roster yeah. but when you're trying to make a move in the overall yeah Probably something you might have to do, and it's good that you yeah. built that up with Case. There's nothing worth needing saves and Case. <laughs> you yeah, I have the, a team where ERA, ERA whip and, yeah. and is is money and wind is money, and yeah. Case is just there sitting them I can't do, I can't that do. Usually it, doesn't you know? work. I, I have to do one or the other. Like I can't have that benefit yeah. of just two. Yeah, one. usually
1: doesn't work. Usually doesn't work needing both. But yeah, Hendrick maybe even Stash and or holding on to him for a few more weeks might actually help out if I do need to maybe roll a couple of weeks with him with five stars and four relievers, assuming, I mean, I'm not counting, especially Justin Lawrence. I'm not counting on him holding it too much longer. Although Bard, it's not like Bard really uh, did much to reclaim that job today. Poor guy.
0: Yeah, I know. Poor guy is right. But it's interesting, like uh, the saves are the least represented. Mike, um, I shared it with you, the, the category point percentages for um, each overall team and, um, and has the least amount of green out of all mm-hmm. the other categories. And I talked about this with Steve Weimer. It seems like stone bases and saves are the most, obviously, then the least correlated with the other stats because home run, take care of categories, you know, other categories. And, um, you know, K's and wind and Yari and whip all go hand in hand. But saves and stone bases are kind of like isolated on their own. But it it is interesting to see the difference. Like that's where most of their teams have their, you know, their lowest categories, you know, per se. And um, it's always interesting at this point of the year to really try to target that and to try to see like where you can move, right? Because um, last year when I was trying to make a move in the OC, I was right about where I am now, like 130-ish, and I ended up 18th. Um, but it, you you really have to go through um, a lot of the, the gaps in the stats because like you can f- – See, maybe K's. Let's just say, for example, every twenty K's is going to get you, um, you know, like X amount of points in the overall, or whatever mm-hmm. you do the math. But it's not the same throughout um, all spots of the overall, right? Um, yeah. You go through, and if you um, just get a general average, it's going to be different. Then just take look at where you are, because it's going to be a lot different than um, where up in the ninetieth percentile is, you know. Um, but I think it's makes the overall stuff. This is what brings it so much fun and um, kind of looking like what we're going to dive into is like just looking at the stats per week that teams are putting up and the biggest movers, maybe the guys that were responsible for it and uh, teams in the overall um, or that week, you know, who, who were the, the like-minded players on all the teams.
1: Yeah. I mean, like you're saying with saves, we even see that just on a micro level this past week, week uh, 17, of the top 25 performers from just last week, none of those teams were in the top 25 of saves. So you're kind of see what you're saying with the overall. It it it's right. macro and it's micro. You know, and a on a given week, you're not getting up there. You know, in K's and wins. You know, even if you have like a like a Bautista last week who had you know he had a couple of saves. He also got you a win. He had you know 10 or 11 K's, which is more than most team starters. It's still only. You know, it's only weighing so much when it's one guy that's giving you that that type of performance. So, right.
0: Yep. No, it totally makes sense. And last week, too, you know, we had maybe even a couple of um, fab additions. You know, Kyle Finnegan got a couple of mm-hmm. saves. Um, Justin Lawrence killed me in my main event, which is needing of saves in the overall 19th and i'm not talking yeah. about the main event right now but and i left him on the bench because there was five games and it would go different yeah, a ways one. but i still want to help you know i still wanted to hold him and um yeah so that's uh yeah that was a tough one and then but and then this week you get
1: the you get the big old blow up you know because i'm, you I'm sure the... you started in this week right because it was a seven seven game week for them right
0: yep absolutely
1: yeah absolutely such as life
0: so, such is definitely life, but you look at the top save getters for the past week. You know Trevor May is sitting at the top with Alex Lang. They both have three. Batista, um, and again Kyle Fannigan and and Justin Lawrence getting two apiece. Um, but yeah, it, it's it's very interesting how you mentioned that they're not in the top. 20, like none of these teams in the top twenty five. I wonder too how how many of the teams who still have closes in their lineups and don't realize they either have too many or, you know, like stagnant teams like yeah. um, that are not making full moves. Um, just real quick on the closest situation. Um, how do you feel like you're going to early? I know it's really early, but given, I wanted to get your opinion on given the non-carousel of the season this year for closers, do you think that the NFBC next year is going to take the route of, Treating it as a one year blip, or like this is the new thing, and everyone starts to, you know, go up at the top more for a save just to get their guys. Because I think what I think a lot of the group talk during this offseason was that I can all I need is one and a half closer, you know, like give me a top guy mm-hmm. and then a guy who was some ancillary now. But, um, I mean, in a couple of my leagues, there's like 38 saves, which is a guy and a half, is only getting me seven points um so maybe their thinking needs to be different next year and i wonder if we're going to treat it as such like um or and just get instantly smacked in the face when next year is another carousel and like oh i guess last year was just a blip
1: <laughs> i i think most people I, I do think most people probably just treat it as a blip and just be like okay well there hasn't been you know fairbanks had a couple IL stints. Um, but there hasn't been that, like, massive... Well, if you drafted early and you had the Edwin Diaz, obviously that... I'm not counting that, though. I mean, I'm talking about if, you know, once the season... um, Yeah, the last, like, week or so of draft season. It really hasn't been anybody being lost with injury, which we know that's not going to happen. I mean, even even if this is, like, the new norm, you're going to have more top-end guys get hurt for more than 10 days at a time, you know, like a Fairbanks. And then Helsley did go down, you know, later in the year. I, I did forget Helsley there, but... That's, I mean, that's really been it. Helsley was the big, the big injury bomb there. Um, yep. But I, I think if you've been looking at it that way, like I need to, if you if you came into the season and you're saying, I need to, I need to get saves. I don't want to mess around on the wire. I don't like thinking about it. I don't like wasting fab. We know how big of a waste it is. We know just in general, for the most part, we're kind of bad at predicting, you know, what a manager is going to do next. And even I don't you know some of these managers they don't even know what they're gonna do next, you know <laughs> half the time seems, half the time it seems like so if you were already into that like save anchor mode and then follow it up again, you know maybe in the you know twelve to fifteen round range like like even like an Alex Lang who the skills were suspect, but he's you know he's held the job if that's your strategy, nothing that happened this year is going to you know make you go off of that strategy, but then again, on the flip side, if you've always been just kind of. Eh, I'll find saves on the wire. Like last year was whatever. Like no one's, not everyone's going to stay that healthy again. Not everyone that had the job is going to stay that you know cemented in it again. You're probably going to go to one off. So I don't, I don't actually think much is going to change. There may be a few owners that this year flipped their philosophy, but the crazy thing is, is, it does seem like the the managers that we've shied away from the last couple of years are like they've gone old school, like Kepler. You know, I think Duvall, like, leads the league and saves down, doesn't he? Or is he's uh, he's up there, you know. And everybody was always, you know, never Kapler, never Kapler. And now it's freaking Duvall's a monster. And then Tampa, I think the Tampa thing was always a little underrated because they did have years where they would just roll with a dude. But if they didn't have a guy that they liked, they sure as hell weren't going to, like, try to force it. But, you know, some of the situations that we would stay away from, and then even, like, Brandon Hyde, everyone was staying away from Brandon Hyde but he's got a Bautista now and he had Jorge Lopez at the beginning of last year. So I, I think a lot of these managers are maybe, are maybe coming a little more back to like back to the middle. Like I don't need to go full committee as long as I've got a guy that's, that's good. I don't need to keep throwing out there, you know, uh, you know, Scott McGuff every night if he's going to, you know, keep getting his face kicked in. But you know, I, I think that part of it is changing. So
0: yeah, uh, it's going to be very interesting to see, how we handle it. Um, one thing that I find interesting is um, I just cruised through uh, the top 10 teams in the overall, in the OC, and only one team has uh, Felix Bautista, which is uh, also very interesting. And it just seems mm-hmm. so so amazing to me that he's almost at 100 strikeouts <laughs> with 30-plus uh, yeah. saves. He's just been mm-hmm. outworldly. I think he definitely will take the reign next year. at the number one you know, closer drafted off the board. I think, um, you know, team that can get to the bullpen, win some games, and it's with those numbers, going to be really remarkable. All right, let's hit some other categories. Uh, last week, um, I'll, I'll let you go ahead and take the lead on this, and and go wherever you want to go. Yeah, it
1: seems we talked about this a little bit online or you know offline beforehand. Saves was one where it didn't really correlate to who had a good week, or you know. In the overall, the other one was batting average, but that can kind of be explained when you click on the first couple names in batting average and see that they had like six or seven, you know, active. They're just dead teams. They had six or seven healthy players <laughs> last week, and you know, like one of them was Freddie Freeman, one of them was Austin Riley, and it kind of didn't matter who the other, you know, four or five were. So batting average can almost, I, I think, if you're looking, I think for if you're trying to start tracking this week by week, you don't actually want to look at the very top. You know, in batting average, because that's just not that's not realistic. Because you're, I'm, these teams, you know, just clicking at the first, you know, clicking at one of them had like eleven runs scored, but he had a three, you know, they had a three forty batting average, but they had eleven, you know, eleven runs the whole week. When you know, I'm sure the rest of their league is scoring, and even if they didn't have a great week, are still scoring in like the forties and fifties, right? In run in yeah. runs scored. So batting average, I would almost maybe look at that as like as like the rest of your league is the whole, or maybe like come down a little bit, maybe come down into like that, you know, who's in like a hundredth overall, you know, last week for batting average and kind of use that as as your goal. Because unfortunately, I mean, it happens in all the contests, but in the OCs, you you get, you get people that just, they drop out or they're super high volume. And at this point, they're only, they're only tracking the teams that have a shot either in the league or the overall and any team that's in ninth, they just, they're never going to touch again. Which yeah, we're talking and, about the, yeah, we were talking about that. Uh, you know, before we got to that, just that's that just sucks. It's a shitty way to play, but it it is how some people choose to to play the game.
0: You're right. You're right. It definitely, it definitely is. Um, I'm sorting. Uh, if you if you sort by batting average for last week, you could definitely mm-hmm. see the app at, the at bats of some of the teams up at the top are yeah. definitely not what you would want in a full week of at bats. And then, like you said, if you go down. About, you know, 75, 100 teams, you start to see, like, the really, you know, big, big bulk of of plate appearances. And that obviously makes sense, you know, to mm-hmm. kind of see most, you know, bat, batting average, obviously, uh, it, it goes a little bit by the volume. So, obviously, it's easy to have such a higher average with the less volume. But, um, yeah. And yeah, Freddie
1: 179 Freeman, at-bats. 179 at-bats when the most at-bats last week for any team was 340. So that just kind of tells you how the how average is, is is skewed, especially on a weekly, you know, on a weekly aspect.
0: Nice. Nice. Um I am uh I'm not too happy with my um my at bats this year on my teams. I last year I had a crazy um I had a crazy run of I placed in the top ten um uh, with all three of my OC teams and. In, um at-bats. And in the overall, I think it was 1, 2, and 8 or something like that. Nice. Yeah. And um, this year, not so much. Can't do
1: that. Yeah. I, I noticed actually recently with a teams, like my OC team specifically, I'm behind in at-bats from the, the lesser of the two compared to the other one. I'm thinking, like, how did this happen? I'm treating both of them the same. I'm looking at them both with you know, the same, the same amount of care. I feel like I'm operating both the same. And then I kind of realized that I didn't like the hitting on the one that's doing well from the start. So I was churning right away. Whereas the team that I thought was better, I wasn't churning as much right away. And now I've noticed that I'm like half, I'm only like middle of the pack in the league and at bats where I shouldn't be, you know, the rest of my teams that I've been like churning super hard or, you know, top two or three in the league. So that's, I, I think there's, do you ha- you just like some of these teams too much? You know, you're looking at them on paper and i like, I don't need to, I
0: don't need to churn any of these spots. That's so, what it is. Yeah. You're a hundred percent right. And I, yeah. that's what, that's, that's the area. I mean, I, I'm, I'm still doing well in those leagues. I, I, three OCs, I'm in first, um, first and, and fourth right now. And um the fourth one is the, the, the 750 OC, which is definitely a lot more tougher than mm-hmm. it plays like a main event for sure. But um, yeah, yeah. Last last year, that's how I feel like I, again, I got to the top of that. Um, but I didn't really stream a ton of offense last year because I nailed a lot of my later picks that did play every day, like Nimmo and Santander. Um, those guys I got, you know, late 200s, three hundred, and they stayed on my team all season. Didn't have to stream too much. They picked that up. I guess my later picks this year and in outfield have been more of the streamer type. Then, yeah, maybe I'm just not being as aggressive as I was last year, just letting him fly. And it's crazy how we can fall into that sometimes. You you
1: can almost have too many set and
0: forget it, guys. That's right. Right. (laughs) Right. Right. So, teach teach me something about how I should approach my offense at least next year. Maybe Uh, just draft all the pitching up at the top and just get a whole bunch of guys. I have no problem cycling through through that but that's 100 yeah. percent that's the reason um why it's just i'm doing good in the main event with yeah. um at bats but not in not so much in the oc so but, i know i'm not being as aggressive
1: but as a like you're saying when the but you're gonna there's le you're gonna have less set and forget it guys on every main team compared to an oc team so that's probably why you're churning more there i would imagine I feel and like I, I feel said, like
0: yeah. when I look at my main event, I have more said and forget it, guys. Than Not I really, know what's going on. <laughs> I, I didn't have your team. I, I, have, now, to, the- I have to reassess what what's yeah. going on with my teams, um, yeah. but it's uh, it's always it's always an issue in the twelves.
1: But we head back to the kind of the weekly leaders, yeah. you know the big the big performers and the most common performers on the top, you know, twenty five teams from last week. Austin Riley, obviously, when you hit a home run, you know, five out of seven games last week, that's that's gonna catapult kind of the teams up in a given week. Uh, Alex Kirilov is someone that had a great week last week, and I kind of I, I don't have any Kirilov, and it wasn't it wasn't like he was like Austin Riley where it was super obvious like every night like man this guy's on fire. He just had like a really good week, and I think he's kind of started to come into his own with some you know at the right time for some teams uh really helping really helping last week joe musgrove george kirby kirby especially both had great weeks they were very common on the top 25 teams some lesser ones were actually like pickup wise your guy Nikki p was was up here a lot if you look at the top teams uh in whip from last week it's like Six of the top ten. All, they all streamed Pavetta last week. Wow. And, uh, yeah, and that, but that's one. If you've already got you know a pretty decent base of a staff, and then you throw somebody on there that goes what do you, seven innings, you know, seven innings, two hits last week, yeah, that'll that'll boost you up there. And just an interesting something that I thought was interesting is that it seemed like Brian Wu, who did not have a good week last week, I think his ERA for the week was over was over eight, was on a lot of these teams, and I, I think that's just the type of player that ended up with with Brian Wu just seems to be on better teams have ended up with him and those kind of the kind of players that were going after Wu um, it seems to be maybe some of the some of the sharper guys out there Mm. Um, so that was just kind of interesting that one of the more common names that I saw circling through this had an eight ERA Um, but I think that that's more correlation
0: with that than it was his actual performance for for last week so yeah that makes sense that makes absolutely yeah, it's and doing this exercise kind of just um, I'm looking at stuff on a weekly level for my teams, but just looking back. And again, we're looking at box scores every day, but we're always looking at fab for ahead. We're never really looking so much back and just mm-hmm. looking um, at the snapshot of you know of the week. And like you mentioned, that Freddie Freeman is 583 average, 13 runs. You know that's that's tremendous to get in one. That's a tremendous yeah. line to get in one. In one week um, it, Yeah it just got me Looking at some players And the, the, the production That again a lot of times We could just not really look back At we're always forward looking
1: Yeah I think Freeman had As many runs last week as Alejandro Kirk has all season I mean you get a performance Like that where and then on the flip side You know Kirk you know before His injury it was like a set and forget a guy and he's Anyone that's had him for most of the time is at the bottom of their league in runs you would imagine for yeah. somebody to have that many runs in one week, and that's what one guy has the entire season. Uh, yep. so, you know, the strikeouts were really I, – I was surprised at how compact or you know, how bunched up the strikeouts board was. There was no one from – let's see. It was a 10 strikeout difference from first to 25th in strikeouts. Yeah. So just 10 strikeouts.
0: Eight to 78. Yeah, just 10. yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah
1: mm-hmm. which that was pretty wild to me you expect obviously wins and saves steals to be bunched up but strikeouts was more bunched up than even like home runs or rbis were you know to a certain extent so yeah and like i said the, pavetta was really high on the teams that were that did well in pitching as well um let's see looking through here was so was on some teams yeah, right he had 15 yeah games had that two, st- yeah he had the two-step yeah he he was very he's i mean i I would think when when it's all said and done as long as he stays healthy, he's gonna be on a lot of on a lot of overall teams you know in in all the in all the contest with where he was going in drafts and just how he's so this happens sometimes like everybody wanted Lizardo to be the thing you know two three years ago now he's the thing, and I feel like I rarely hear anyone you know going on about jesus Lizardo.
0: yeah, you're right. You're right. It's uh, It happens a lot with some pitchers who get to a certain level that we kind of wanted and then look for reasons to say that it's not real. And I think that's part of us wanting to be so good at this, but also part of the hyper information age where we're all determining. I don't know. I just feel like there's a lot of players like that where... We're all in a. Um, it gets picked apart, even even yeah. when it's going good. And obviously, listen, that's what we're trying to do. We're trying to be as good as we can, find every mm-hmm. little edge we can, and maybe see a reason why, like in a trade league, like oh, this isn't real, and I'm trading him. Yeah. But sometimes, um, it, it's it's. Uh, I think we we hurt ourselves, you know. Um, mm, definitely. Um, one thing I wanted to mention with the at bat, and uh, I had wrote it down, and then I forgot to bring it up but i don't know what the prorated uh last year you know i last couple years i keep track of the correlation between hitting points and at bats and then at bats and then all the all the other stack categories uh steve weimer also wrote about this in baseball hq uh baseball forecaster which is excellent dive into it and um Basically, I don't know what it was last year at this point of the year. I just know the ending number, but it doesn't look like it's going to be as high as a correlation as it was in the last couple of years. The plate appearances to be teams finishing in um, the top, like uh, the correlation mm-hmm. with, isn't as strong because I think of all the extra platoon work and just having to, you know, play play batters that uh, – you know, are in platoons and just get it more on a per per player parents level. You know, I think you, I think you have to do that on some of the teams. Um, uh, otherwise you're constantly sitting guys like Jack Owenski and Jose mm-hmm. Siri. Right. You know, I think those guys are tough to uh, roster and, and start at times, but um, they are valuable.
1: Yeah. I think we've also gotten, I think a lot of people have gotten more used to just like a Sawinski type You know, like for example, okay, he's got two out of three against righties. I don't have a ton of better options. And sometimes the two out of three is better than just some, just some bum
0: that's got, you know, that's going to have three out of three. So, yeah, absolutely. Makes sense. Um, All right. What else do we got here? What other uh, categories you want to hit? Yeah. We touched on how average didn't really correlate at all. Mm -hmm. Uh,
1: There was a lot. Obviously, you know, home runs, there was four yeah, four people in the top 25 in home runs. We're also in the top 25 overall for the week. Makes sense. You're contributing to four of the five hitting categories with one statistic. And on the pitching side, uh, it seemed like, I mean, it, this also makes a lot of sense, too, because it, it correlates, you know, like what you're saying, with, with innings pitched and in most cases, quality performance wins was the statistic where it had the most correlation to success for the week. And then I was surprised that there was actually a handful of teams that were in the top 25 uh, last week. And they weren't, they weren't even not even not in the top 25 for an individual category. Some of them didn't even sniff it, but Mm. you know, when you're 70th to a hundredth and every single, like every single category that obviously will, will add up and get you up there. So, Um, and there's a, there's a handful of uh, a good handful of mafia people. Uh, in the top twenty five I guess you saw that there, so I see that
0: Still I see out, there, out there out there out there representing so out there representing. i love to see it love to see yeah. it It's honestly, I look through the leagues and um you know there's there's a lot of people mm-hmm. doing really well, yep. like um it's good to see that. It's just also good to see how many people are actually in the mafia, just like hanging mm-hmm. out and um really helping each other through the, through the season, which is a long season. And uh, it seems like it's 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 slipping away, Randy. Already, yeah, it's like slipping it away, there. like
1: this. Lance Lynn win just slipped away. It's just done. Just
0: slipped. Just just slipped uh, away. I I don't even know if it slipped away. He
1: just he yeah he Lance Lynn. I mean, I guess we got to be used to that this year. So <laughs> mm-hmm. before we got on, I was like, oh, he'll get one last win,
0: you know, on his way out the door, of Chicago. Nope. Nope, yep, Joe Kelly just walked a run in. It's eight seven Cubs now, and uh, jeez, that is crazy.
1: Ship him to Tampa, please.
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> of course, I don't even. Of course, I don't even know how much they're going to fix him, the way he's been going. I think we all just keep waiting for it, and it's just not. It's it's just not happening. I don't I don't know what else is going to happen because now he's starting to walk more people, and it's just
0: just not Appar- Lance's year. Apparently, he's um, an amazing athlete, Joe Kelly. <laughs> Uh, this jo- is- oh, Joe Kelly, I thought you were talking about
1: Lance Lynn there for a <laughs> second. I was going to say, like, I was like, Lance Lynn, I'm sure, is 10 times the athlete that I am, but I don't know if I could yeah. believe that he was uh, an amazing athlete. <laughs>
0: <laughs> He's definitely a better athlete yeah. than me, too, at this point <laughs> in my life, for sure. Uh, yeah, no, Lucas Giolito, I heard him on the Chris Rose show saying that Joe Kelly's like one of the best athletes he'd ever been around. No, well, it's crazy. Um, Not correlated to good pitching for sure. Yeah, (laughs) right now.
1: No, not at this point. Not at this point in his life. But nope, nope. Um, He'll always be known for that tongue
0: photo, sticking his tongue out. Hundred percent. That 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 that's what he's going down with. So,
1: yeah, I guess uh, uh, Wilmer Flores was another one, which was a uh, a recommendation of yours um, from last week. He, he popped up not as much as I thought but again but, but again in ocs there might not have been enough uh i i just stri- not on this team actually on my other OC team I did stream wilmer last week but um you know in 15s he obviously was a was a must play last week but i could see where at least probably one team in every 12 should have had wilmer last week but it's probably a situation where not every single team in a 12 could have fit could have fit Wilmer in last week so he was only on i think two of the teams. That were near the top last week Which which was a little surprising when he hit You know he hit four or five home runs last week himself And I think he ended up hitting like 450 for the whole week So
0: That's sweet Um, So just just, uh, I guess give me a little breakdown too Of of how you um, anticipate setting your lineup for the week Are you using any of these weekly numbers Like how do you try to leverage what we have available For your league and for the overall to like help you
1: yeah. Obviously you want to go, you know, obviously you want to get as many, try to get as many uh plate appearances and combination of, you know, opponents that you want to attack. Um, I do use the Rasball Streaminator, but I don't always follow that as gospel because sometimes the statistics that are weighing, are weighing the dot projected dollar value. Don't help that specific team. Like this team that we're looking at that's light in power Um, I'm, I'm always going to use whoever is, uh, projected for the most harm runs within, within reason. Um, Mm -hmm. I have got, I got close a little bit actually to sitting near Nico Horner, like once or twice, but I never found like it's hard to find a second baseman that is going to be projected for, for so much more power than him in a week that is worth losing all the other stats. So that's a, that's a sidebar. Um, uh, yeah. And then you kind of look throughout the week, um, if you've got any of your studs that you know, this week was big for because like boston and atlanta specifically they only had two games so if you you're not benching acuna obviously but on this team on a team where i had acuna i wanted to make sure i had as many uh, four game you know players in or four game for the first period players in as possible and I'm, I'm more still looking for into my league standings to be completely honest with you um maybe that's why i'm not i'm 30 or whatever in the overall and not higher but i'm still trying to I still want to kind of get the league kind of set and then I can mm-hmm. maybe kind of maneuver around it in the overall but I know like you know you said the percentages I knew that I wasn't you know good enough in saves and home runs in that team specifically so yeah but I am and I, I do I don't know if a lot of people do this I think it's so much easier to to stream and plan for the Monday to Thursday than it is for the Friday to Saturday because so much stuff can just happen from between Sunday night and Friday. Like it's great. Outside of like, I know, I know team X is going to cores Friday to Sunday. I almost, maybe this is a mistake, but I almost rarely actually look at it because I feel like when I do like, oh, so and so is going to have two lefties by Friday to Saturday, he ends up somehow facing three righties and it just doesn't work out.
0: (laughs) No, I think, I think that's a very great cautionary tale. And Jeff Dimmerman and Tanner Bell in the Mm -hmm. process, the book, The Process, excellent book. If anyone doesn't have it, go get it. Yep. get it every year comes out and they do the whole thing with the two-star pitching yep. and the the percentage difference um it is when it's a monday or a tuesday starter you know and mm-hmm. the percentage that tuesday starter has to complete that second one it goes down dramatically and it's always a snafu and it's the same mm-hmm. way with that in those lineups 100% you can attack a lefty um who just um for example, Will Benton, you know, he obviously, I, as you know, because uh, he <laughs> listen to all my pods every day, <laughs> I talk about Will Benton every day, even when he came up and just like had one good game. I'm like, here it is, it's Will Benton. <laughs> you know, but just paying attention to his playing time pattern, you know, Mike Cohen does a good job with this too. He's just really um, identifying who's going to get those three games. Like, I think that's th- the whole maximization game is how we make gains in this sport. And, um, I just called the sport that's right <laughs> fancy baseball is sport <laughs> and uh <laughs> if you you want to look at it that and, way we can in mean, this hobby and yeah. that can really bite you if you're planning for him to get three righties and injuries, lineup switches, and obviously, if it's a one or two dollar stream, it's not the worst thing possible, but it mm-hmm. totally is better to just leverage the Monday yeah. to Thursday, and then hopefully that guy has a decent shot of giving you. Um, and if it's because it's just an outfield fill Like your normal, you know, top outfield Like a Rosarena and so later this mm-hmm. week Have, you know, only two game weeks And um, you want to upgrade from that And just have that The Friday to Sunday be a, Like a secondary tie and just be um, a nut, Like the second reason why you'll pick up a guy And yeah. hopefully he can be a, a option for you Like at utility or whatever you need to Fill in a spot, but Totally agree. The Monday to Thursday is, is definitely the way to go. And, yeah, that's mm-hmm. how I do it. That's, that's how I plug in mm-hmm. my ads for the week. I just look at that, see where I can improve from there. And then I'll look at my Friday to Sunday and then just go through every single player and just try to identify if there's a a possibility with the other teams pitching that, you know, they can lose uh, a game or mm-hmm. look at the playing time and try to anticipate time off if they're not a regular uh, but even if they yeah. are regular like sometimes you can maybe try to even find the pattern in when they get a rest day right it's, mm-hmm. it could be every it's so random but like so you're not caught, Bart- yeah
1: you don't want to be caught off guard by a, by a rest day yeah
0: brain. it's so it's odd but the doing the lineup tool that i do for the patreon um you know every time i have travis Darno on a couple of DCs and just like, when, what am I going to get out of him? Am I going to get two games this week, three? And I noticed that he started the last three Sundays. <laughs> it's like that's his day. <laughs> like that he said, "It's Sunday." It's like yeah. so wild to just p- pick up on that. But that helps you. Like on the Friday to Sunday, he's like, "All right, well, I know I'm getting one <laughs> of <Yeah>. Darno." <laughs> um, but yeah, definitely, definitely helps streaming for the Monday to yeah, Thursday. I'm- I know for this
1: weekend specifically, I'm eyeing for my Giants. I, I know like Rotowire, at least as of like an hour or so ago, they have they have Pavetta for for Sunday. But I, I think it's going to be Murphy, which would completely flip away. I mean, they I think they're going to use an opener regardless. But I think that would kind of flip things around, obviously, for like Jock, Conforto, Wade. It makes yeah, – I mean, it doesn't – unless you already have Slater, it doesn't do anything except for like in DCs. But you're going to get two lefties. You know, for like your Austin Slater or it makes like Jock completely unplayable. You know, if you have Jock or maybe you maybe you bench Wade, go, you know, go with somebody else. But I just don't uh, I I don't see. I mean, Pavetta pitched Tuesday. Murphy hasn't pitched since Sunday. So unless they need him in long relief, I don't think uh, I don't I don't see how Pavetta makes that. But that's huge for setting your lineup on Friday. And we may we may not know that. Uh, So you're gonna kind of take a guess on, and of course, the way Pavetta's going, I don't know, uh, right or left, if we want anybody going against Pavetta, right?
0: Seriously, he he might want to bench those guys. (laughs) Just bench,
1: just bench them all, regardless of uh, if they if they think there's a chance of him pitching, just bench them all. Bench all your Giants. Yeah, no Giants this
0: weekend. And so, yep, absolutely. yeah, but the schedule stuff is definitely where mm-hmm. you know we can make a a good a good mark in in trying to get them. But if you mm-hmm. get too cute, you just have to really know your rotations too. Um, mm-hmm. If you don't feel like you're that strong in in figuring it out, use multiple sources. You know, I I'll look at Roto-Wire, and then if I'm like, well, what is this team doing here? You know, Dom, the bullpen guru, is really good mm-hmm. at, uh, at at the reliever recon. He's constantly looking into these things. He has. A street uh, posting article every morning about who that's so you can kind of just find the rhythm just find the pattern that he's finding too yeah and we then, should uh, ask him if he is going to be Pavetta or Murphy Ooh, yeah pretty much <laughs> i'll ask him in like two hours when he comes yeah. on the pod. but then i'll just go to yeah. espn i'll go to rasball mm-hmm. go to mlb.com i'll try to like aggregate everyone's mm-hmm. guests on you know what could possibly be uh, yeah
1: i f- i find my i use rotowire the most for probable starters and yeah. lineups and they're 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 amazing but I do find myself sometimes just not double checking. And the only thing that'll make me double check is when I go to check to check Rasball, and they have a different projected starter. And then I'm like, okay. And then that's when I start digging and there's only so much time to dedicate. It might even be a waste of time to like check like five different places to make sure that yep. uh, all the pitching matches, matchups that I'm looking at are right. But, and then, you know, like you're saying for setting your lineups, um, for the given week, on the pitching side, again, that kind of more compare more depends on like we were talking about. If you want to go six starters, three closers. If you even have three closers, um, and if you're benching that third closer, it's more of like, what's their recent usage? Are they, is it only a five game week coming up? If it's a crappy team, are they playing? You know, playing Houston and the Dodgers kind of thing. But I do. I, I don't know if you have a, have something like a set, not like a set rule, but maybe like a goal that you try to go, shoot for. I like to have. I think like eight projected starts is like the goal. I mean, obviously you'd like to have like 10 or more, but if you have like six, I feel like that's just, you can't do that more than maybe once or twice a year. I mean, except for maybe later in the year, but like this time of year, I'm still trying to get at least like eight starts in a week, projected
0: starts anyway. I don't have a a magic number. I try to reach. Um, I basically try to have, uh, a specific amount of dollar value per as mm-hmm. bar or like SGP mm-hmm. projected for that week. Um mm-hmm. That's
1: yeah. That's like I said so within for. within reason you'd want yeah. I, I try to shoot for eight. Like I'm not
0: right. You know that makes I'm sense not, though. That's yeah. kind of like that. Yeah, because I mean, K, K, K's are well represented too right now and mm-hmm. in, in the overall. There's, there's mm-hmm. a lot of teams up in the 95th, 96th mm-hmm. percentile, all in the top. Yeah. 20 very very strong and i have, have noticed
1: strong, yeah. i have noticed there's been even in ocs um and i've actually started because you've been kind of i knew it was there but i've never really used it. it was the uh your roster grid tool there on on the nfpc like i always forget that's there and you brought it up several times so i'm like ah, i gotta go check that roster grid but i was just surprised that there's already a couple teams in in my ocs that are that are completely just punting saves i guess they figure that's their only chance at cashing in the league is to, yeah. is to punt saves already. I, I know that's more common in 15s, is to punt saves this time of year. But even in 12s, if you're just, you have no chance of the overall, but you have to kind of monitor that. If, like, the team, you know, the team we were talking about, I'm first in the league in Ks, but I know there's somebody that's punting that's already decided to punt saves. So now I have to keep track of how close that team specifically is getting to me if it gets down in the end of the year and I am throwing out four closers. But yeah. that, But that's going to be more for
0: in, you know, another couple of weeks. It's so funny. Just a tweet right into the discord. There are two qualified players at MLB this year with an OPS below 680 and uh, minus six out the average or worst. And the Dodgers acquired both of them in consecutive days. Oh,
1: no. Well, that should like put everybody on alert, though.
0: <laughs> yeah, no, it should definitely it should definitely put him on alert yeah. um um yeah so i'm pretty i'm pretty psyched about this mad Rosario deal i have a lot of mad Rosario he's been a frustrating guy to own i still trust the skills i watched him play mm-hmm. a bunch of times too i trust i trust tr- the projections in him still as well um what i don't trust is him only attempting two stone bases randy since fucking may 22nd yeah and it has me scratching my head going is this i've poured over news and haven't checked anything. Yeah. The only thing I found was him going to the zoo. Um <laughs> and I didn't the, find like the actual anything. zoo or the alien zoo. The the, the, <laughs> the maybe both. Maybe the alien life form took his ability to steal. Uh it's just been very, very puzzling. Um I love the offense he's going to. I wish I wish, obviously, he could resume the two-hole spot in the Dodgers. I know that's not going to happen. That's not, yeah,
1: it's not going to happen.
0: But sorry. Um, <laughs> I mean, he's got to play over Rojas every day, though, right? Is there a concern that he's going to like he's going to not play all the time? What do you think?
1: Um, well, I, I mean, the thing with Cleveland is he never came out of the lineup, so I, I do think they have Rojas there. I mean, unless he, well, that's right. Syndergaard was in the trade, which is such a weird return for Cleveland. Uh, I know they have had some pitching injuries, but that's their their offense stinks. This looks to me like it was just like a cost-saving move for them. They're kind of waving the white flag and handing the Twins the division. Not that again, like not that Rosario was killing it, but I mean, that, what the what the hell are they doing with Syndergaard? I mean, they can't just uh, they can't find somebody off of uh, off the waiver wire just plug in there and eat some innings, but. I think because Rojas is there and because Cleveland was so like Rosario, you play 160 games a year. He's going to lose some plate appearances with the Dodgers. Unfortunately, then he's getting kicked to the curb, (laughs) but I don't think it's going to be enough that you're going to have to cut him though. I I think instead of playing, you know, he would play like 25 games in a row or whatever ridiculous number he would play in a row. I think you're maybe looking at like 10 or 11 in a row and then maybe they sit him, but they're probably, they had, they can't be done yet either. They, They still need somebody that can play. I think they still need another outfielder. Yeah. I mean, I know they got Kike, but I, I just still think they need another outfielder.
0: Yeah. Um and 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 I guess what do you think happened with Cleveland? Does, is uh Tim and a at second? Does he go to is he gonna short at the Tyler Freeman? Is it Gabriel Arias? Well, I
1: think I'm not I'm not positive on this, but I feel like Arias is more of a shortstop option um than than Freeman is like defensively. But I don't. This just seems like they. I think they maybe were planning on trading Bieber to save some money because that's just a notoriously cheap franchise. And now they can't trade him. They're like, oh, well, who's coming up close enough to like arbitration that we can move? You know? Yeah. Like, because their their problem is like, yeah, they're gonna need somebody to eat some innings because of these injuries. But uh, I mean, your offense didn't get better with this move, and your offense is shit, and that's why you're you know looking up the twins in the division for the most part
0: right right no i i would 100% agree this is one of the reasons it was one of the teams i was looking at thinking in my head will this team try to improve their offense and <laughs>
1: no look uh, at the outfield they've uh, they've been rolling out you know the shittiest possible outfield for like three or four years in a row now i don't uh
0: pretty fascinating
1: i, I don't see it's gonna i don't think it's gonna happen anytime soon so
0: pretty fascinating but, all right, do you want to hit any more of the weekly stuff? or uh... I mean, I think the, that pretty much sums it up. I mean, yeah, cool. we'll, we'll kind of, yeah, you know. Like I've A been... little weekly talk, a little weekly strategy talk, like yeah. what we're doing in the OCs and how we're, yeah. how we're going about trying to um, move up in the yeah. overall or win our leagues.
1: Yeah, I think that's, um, yeah, I think just tracking it more, like, like we talked before we hopped on, I track in my league every week, kind of how I did compare to the league, but this did help me kind of look more into the, into the overall that's something i probably need to check more every week of how they of how i was stacking up because it is is tough with the with the number of games that vary from week to week so that's why i kind of try to look at the at the standings like uh, because some of the stuff does slip through the cracks like i knew that one team had zero wins last week but sometimes you might not realize that you had a team you know finish last in runs that week in the league you may think you were fine you may think you were fine and then and then you look and you, and you weren't, so I think whether it's tracking what it is in the overall tracking within your league, checking checking what just happened in the week to finish as a whole it's of some of some whole, whether it's the overall or, or your individual league, i think is is kind of essential to make sure you're not falling too like try to catch yourself before you fall too far behind in a category.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I think it may have to just, uh, really do some kind of mm-hmm. uh like I said just like the week this, this past week in fantasy. Um, just looking at those weekly snapshots mm-hmm. Just seeing the leaders Because it, it's pretty impressive what some guys um, Are pulling off in one week Like uh, I said, mm-hmm. we're just hardly looking back We're always looking forward to try mm-hmm. to, you know, win
1: Yeah, so. we have so much, we only have so much time Before we have to go into the next week And yep. I know that some people, once Fab runs They get their lineup set on Monday They're already looking at Fab for the following week, you know
0: so. Yeah, gotta be eight steps ahead of everyone Otherwise mm-hmm. you're one step <laughs> behind, you know
1: Yeah, that's stuff. true
0: Cool man. All right, Randy. Tell everyone where they can find you on Twitter, and um, we'll get out of here tonight. Yeah, uh,
1: follow me at randyhaines 22 uh, yeah. Let us let us uh, let us know what you think of this. If this was useful, you know, listener wise, if I think we need to maybe jazz up if we're going to keep, keep yeah trying to do something like this. So
0: yeah, we'll we'll take some feedback. Yeah, absolutely take some feedback and um, get just good walking through the process too. Talking it out loud and always mm-hmm. talking fantasy baseball on The mic with uh, a, a friend rather than just speaking it into yep. my brain. Uh, against the, <laughs> you, do against a lot of that computer. speaking, in, you do a lot of that speaking into your brain, though. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I feel like if you don't talk to yourself a lot through the day, then you really just mm-hmm. probably fall asleep too much or you're too much on all the pilots. Just constantly, yeah. I'm constantly, um, you know, pushing myself, I'm constantly asking myself, What am I doing? You know, yeah, <laughs> try yeah. to keep it. Yeah. Well,
1: I, no, I, I totally agree, man. I'm right there with yeah. you.
0: Cool. All right, Randy. Thanks for everyone for listening to another episode of the Poll Hitter Podcast. And remember to leave a rating and review if you can. And come join the Poll Hitter Mafia, the Poll Hitter family over at the Patreon. I have a pinned tweet that'll take you right to the Patreon.com site. And if you just go to Patreon.com, you can search Poll Hitter and you'll find it. Um, Right now I'm offering a free week to check it out on the $5 tier. The $5 tier gets you a ton of stuff, gets you about um, seven podcasts minimum per week And, um, yeah, active to the lineup tool that I do Monday and Friday and daily, you know, hot corner, just looking into some box go stuff and, um, come check it out. See if you like it. And, uh, thanks for listening and don't be a bag of shit.